Oh, hallelujah. Let me, let me share a couple scriptures with you. Philippians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That name, Jesus. The devil tries to stop us from speaking that name. The devil's tried to take it out of government. He's tried to take it out of schools. He's tried to take it out of your workplace. He's tried to take it out of your family, out of your life. And that name is above every name. At the name of Jesus, anything that has a name has to bow in Jesus' name. In the heavens, that's the spiritual realm. And in the earth where we live and under the earth in the name of Jesus. Glory be to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We got authority to use that name. Just like a police officer wears a badge and has authority to use the name of the law. We have authority to use the name of the Almighty King. We got a King and He's alive. And He's the ruler of the universe. He's the ruler of eternity. He is King in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. God bless you, man. Sometimes I just think maybe we should just keep going, you know. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man, everybody. I mean, in Philippians chapter 4, right? That's what Paul's saying in verse 5, 5 to 9. Let your, rejoice in the Lord always, right? That's what we were praying about just as before we started. And, and, and then the things that Nikki was highlighting. He's in us. The presence of God is in You are an ambassador of the king. Ambassador of that name, of the universe. And um, let your moderation be known to all men. Hey man, the Lord is at hand. You got a problem? He's at hand. Let him see it in your life. Let the atmosphere, let the name of Jesus, let the presence of the Lord change the situation. Hallelujah. And then he says, when that fear comes, you don't have to get into that fear. Don't, don't be anxious. Don't get into that fear. Get into the presence of the Lord. Because somewhere in that presence is going to pass all that knowledge, all that racing that's going on in your brain, all that fear that's trying to knock on your thoughts and trying to squeeze a confession out of you, trying to get you to squeeze and say something. You know, it's like, no, man, you get that presence of the Lord. You can do it. You can do it at your workplace. I did. You can do it at home. You can do it anywhere. You can do it on the streets. Man, just get in the presence of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit promises he'll come on you. He'll give you that peace, that presence. And then you start speaking whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of heaven, right? His virtue, his power, his name. You start preaching all those things and speaking all those things. And ooh, it changes the situation. So hallelujah. Well, thank you, Lord. Thank you all. God bless you all. Hallelujah. Well, give somebody a high five. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man. Look at all these wonderful saints. Woo, glory. I tell you what, if this was a military unit and we're getting ready to go into combat, if I was the enemy, I would be afraid. Because everybody in here knows the name of Jesus. Everyone in here is full of the Holy Ghost. Everybody in here knows how to use the name of Jesus, and they know who they are. And the devil don't like it. And that name, Jesus, oh my goodness. Mm. The Lord will give you the wisdom on how to say it. He'll give you the wisdom on how to do it. But hallelujah. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Yes. God bless y'all. My wife and I, when, we were, when I was stationed in Cape Cod, I got born again. Found Jesus when I was a captain. Uh, Charlene flew over to Cape Cod. We wound up getting married. And uh, hallelujah, got baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. And every day I drive into that gate, and there was this one sergeant that was sitting there. He was always mad, always angry. I think I've shared that before. And I always said, God bless you. Every time we came in, God bless you. You know, and he'd just look at me and wave me and give me that look. This went on for like three months. And we just say, God bless you, man. Thank you for what you do, man. We appreciate you. And we just drive through, and he'd just look at us and wave and just go, you know. And then finally, one day, I just didn't say anything to him. He come running out of that guard post, yelled at the top of his lungs, stop! And I stopped, and I was like, what? What did I do? He said, where's my God bless you? And uh, he just broke down and started crying. 
and he had, you know, there was, you know, a lot of guys are working, they got stuff going on, you know, they got finances, they got bills, they got all these things going on, and then he had to get deployed, because at that time, you know, war is going on, so they call up the guard, he's got to come do guard duty now at the Massachusetts Military Reservation in Cape Cod, there at Otis Air Force Base, and, um, Man, he just started breaking down and crying. He, he told me this. He said, you know, every time you came through and you said, God bless you, you and your wife, it did something to me, and, it, and I need that. And he wound up receiving Jesus. And, um, I mean, you have, the, you have the Lord living on the inside of you. And you don't, those words you speak, oh, man. Tonight we're going to talk about preparing to share. What is evangelism? What it's all about? Man, bro, I want to talk about favor. I want to talk about the maximum of the night. Holy Spirit kept having me come this way tonight. And I was like, all right, Lord, I, I, I give in. You know, I'm going to do what he's, what he's asked me to do tonight. It's important to understand what evangelism is. It's the harvest. Okay, it's all about the harvest. And if you go to John chapter 4, and if you can put that up there, in John chapter 4, that might have been a scripture that I didn't uh, list on there. If we go to John chapter 4, Jesus describes it. Man, the one thing I loved about Jesus, Holy Spirit, always give him examples. I mean, if you want to talk, he'll give you a science example. He used the wind to talk to Nicodemus. I mean, he's using the harvest to talk to them about souls. Jesus always got a good word to say. But if we go to John chapter uh, 4, and if we look at verse 35... John chapter 4, verse 35. You, you can probably just put it up if you want, whatever. Well, you just got King James, okay. Don't you guys say there's four months and then comes the harvest? Okay. Behold, I say unto you. Now, there's your commander-in-chief. There's your king giving you an order. For those of you in the military, your ears get attention, you stand, and you're ready to hear that order and move. That's an order. He's given you a command. I say unto you, lift up your eyes. And so, behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. Look, look, they are white already to the harvest. It's a harvest. It's a process. Evangelism is a process, and we're going to talk about that. It's a process, okay? There's a beginning, there's a process, and then there's a harvest. There's an end. And once you understand this, you will never be ashamed. You'll never be afraid to evangelize. You'll never be afraid to tell people about Jesus again. Because what comes out of the mouth of the Lord, when it gets into the earth, it don't come back void. That is what the Lord said. So the second you begin to speak the name of Jesus in truth and in love, that seed goes in. Now, their flesh is going to react sometimes. You might get and walk away or all this. But that seed got in there. And if you'll pray in the spirit over that seed that you just released... If you'll come to the Lord and thank for that individual that you just talked to today or the word that you just gave today and you begin to pray over that thing, that thing begins to glow. And John 16 says the Holy Spirit will be all over him. Oh, they'll, he'll be around that person constantly. And then the Lord sends another person. And then the Lord sends another person. And then the Lord sends another person. And then comes the harvest, right? Go to the next verse. Verse 36. He that reapeth receiveth wages. Man, we're working together with Jesus on this. We're a team. This is a team work, right? And gathereth fruit for what? Life eternal. Oh, man, isn't that wonderful? Fruit for eternal life. So that both he that soweth and the he that reapeth may rejoice together. You may not be the one that leads them to the Lord, but you might be the one that puts that first seed in there that starts that glow, that gets everybody coming and talking to him, that gets him thinking night and day and the Holy Spirit constantly on him on that word that was planted in him. But at some point, they're going to come to the Lord. And then we all get to rejoice together, right? Go to the next verse. Herein is that saying, and it's true. One sows and another reaps. Isn't that what Paul said? He wound up saying that, you know. I, I, I planted, but Apollos watered. But it's God who gets the increase. We all rejoice on this, right? It's King Jesus. It's an invitation from the Lord to use his name and to walk as a partaker of his anointing and to walk around and do the things of the earth and just live your life for the Lord and stay focused on the Lord. And to be ready, to be prepared to share when the moment comes. Because look out there what's going on. Oh, there'll be plenty of opportunities that the Lord will set up for you. 
And I wanted you to see that, that evangelism, it's a process of harvesting souls, right? You got a beginning, you got an end. And the Holy Spirit's the one that's going to do all this leading for you. Isn't that wonderful? And one of the things, when Pastor Justin asked five years ago about evangelism and what that was, I had to ask the Lord what a picture of that was because of five, you know, everybody in the church basically going out and doing types of evangelism. And I said, Lord, how is that going to happen? I can't think of all these different things. I even thought it was 500 different ways to, to share the Lord. He started laughing at me. He's like, no, no, no. Everybody's doing something for the Lord in the community. We come here to get an experience with God. That's what we come here for, right? And then we come to get equipped so that we could go out there and engage, right? And do what the Lord's asked us to do, right? This is a house of prayer, a place of glory. This is a place of faith, right? This is where the name of Jesus, we're a people of faith. This is what we are. This is our brand name. This is who we are. So hallelujah, this is what this is all about. And so the Holy Spirit shared with me. He says, I'm going to put things on people's hearts. And they're going to come to you. And I want you to talk to him. Because when I first came to Pastor Justin, he told me about timing with the Holy Spirit, right? And just pray and let it birth. Let it be timed out. And so these are the things that are happening. And people are starting to do it. They're starting to come to me. I, I always love giving Tanya as an example because that was the one with the mothers with multiples. And they made her the chaplain. And she teaches them the word of God. They changed their bylaws so that she could minister and be a pastor to them. I mean, these things are going, and that's at her workplace. These things are going on. You know, Aliyah Robertson, Aliyah Robertson, she came up to me, wanted to do a community garden project for her American Heritage Girls, and she came to me wanting to do a garden project here. And so we prayed about it, and the Lord said, no, go to the YMCA downtown. So we went down to the Y. She did that project. She got to work with people in the community. It opened up a door for us with the community because Bryn was working there. And so we did things with the Y. We even had uh, ministers go down and minister to him on youth night. And I'm praying that door will come back open again in Jesus' name. But see, you take advantage when the doors open. You appreciate the doors when they open. And you listen to the Holy Spirit, you take advantage of it, and you do it when the Lord does it. Now, if the door closes, okay, Lord, I can start praying for it to open back again. No, it's timing. Everything's timing, you know. Well, that's all right. The Lord will open another door for us. But if you could go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. There's three things that the Lord taught me to tell everybody in the church about this. And so we're going to go to Matthew chapter 5. I want to start at verse 14. Okay, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. And the first thing is, you have a sphere of influence. Whether you know it or not, the Lord's going to use you. You may not know it, but when I got born again and I was a captain in the Air Force, I said to the Lord, I'm a captain in the Air Force. Oh, I got a job for you. And I went, my wife and I went on the street day and night, and we ministered Jesus. I've been thrown out of movie theaters. I've been thrown out of parking lots. I've been thrown out of restaurants. I've been, I mean, I just, I didn't care. I just went around and started telling people about Jesus. I'm a young Christian. I, you know, I'm starting to learn to get wise with the Holy Spirit and let him lead me so that I can get a little farther in these places. But... But I tell you, when I first got born again, that's what I was doing, man. And, and it didn't matter if it was 10 below zero. We're out there in February. I'm preaching Jesus to everybody on the street corner. People are dying and going to hell. They don't know what you know, right? But look at this. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So he's looking at Jerusalem. He's looking at that big temple that's sitting up there. And sometimes the, the old timers say when the sun hit it just right, that it would actually, those slits in the window with all the gold, it would shoot out light beams that you could just see for miles out of there. So you can see, you're, he's going to use you. He's going to put you and use you somewhere. You're going to be used by him. You're going to be used. Go to the next verse. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. They put it on a lampstand so they can give light to everyone who can see it, right? Now go to the next verse. This is the big key right here. If you'll let your light shine, and that just comes by what we were learning on Sunday, just spending time with the Lord and what we were singing tonight, just being in his presence. If you'll just be in his presence, it's just like Moses when he came down with his face glowing. It's just like Jesus when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration. That light will be coming out of you, Right? And then you're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to tell you to go someplace at some time, and someone's going to be standing there. And he says, you see that person over there? Yeah, go tell them that I want to baptize them in the Holy Spirit. That happened at Life Unlimited two years ago when I was out there just helping them with the food outreach. And I'm just helping people take their food to the car. And the Holy Spirit says, you see that guy over there? And I was like, what? 
And I look, and there's a guy, yeah, that guy's standing right over here. Go tell him that I'm going to give him the Holy Spirit. I didn't know he had just got born again a week earlier and that he wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Didn't know what it was. So I went over there. The guy spoke Spanish. And so I had to go get a translator. And the second I started telling him about the Holy Spirit, it was a Cornelius experience. The power of the Lord came right down in that guy, and his eyes got as big as saucers. And I said, tell him that's the Holy Spirit right there, and he's getting zapped by the Lord. And I mean, he got so excited. He was, he was so happy. But you're the light. And they'll see your deeds. Look at this. They'll see your good works. And who will they glorify when they see it? They'll glorify the Lord. Isn't that right, Brother Vic? We're, we're in. We're, we, that guy shares testimony because he loves it. Because I hear him talk about it all the time. We were in Tanzania at the hotel. And this girl comes up and says, oh, I've seen you. I've, heard, I've seen you. I've heard of you. She was able to go online and, and see the works that he was doing. This, this is the exciting thing about all this. They'll see it in you. They'll want what you have. They won't under, you live in the same block I do. You live in the same neighborhood I do. I don't get it. I don't understand it. When something bad tries to happen, it seems like it doesn't happen to you. Or if something does happen, you overcome it. We don't get it. We don't understand it, you know. It's Jesus. No, how'd you do it? I had a, I had a friend of mine when I got assigned to the Pentagon. He was trying to get the one job that I got, working for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff at the National Military Command Center. And he said, how did you get this job? I've been trying for years to get it. It's Jesus. No, really, who'd you know? Who'd you talk to? Oh, I knew somebody. It's Jesus. He got me this job, and he brought me here. That's why I'm here. You know, they'll see the works in you, and they'll want to know, what is it about you? You know, Hallelujah. So you have a sphere of influence. If we could go next to John 15. John 15. So you have a sphere of influence. And as what was prayed tonight, what was coming out of Nikki's heart and her mouth tonight, you're a carrier of his presence. That's the second thing. You are a carrier of his presence. So you got a sphere of influence. The Lord's going to use you. And you'll notice with the Lord, he'll start little and then it'll start to expand itself. You're a carrier of God's presence. So if you go to John 15, and I'm going to go to verse 5, John 15, verse 5. Now, these are scriptures that the Lord shared with me about this. John 15, 5. I'm the vine, you're the branches, okay? If you abide in me, and that's what we were praying about earlier, Pastor Phil. If you abide in me and you stay in my presence, I'm going to be in you. I'm in him, he's in me, I'm in you, you're in me, right? You're going to bring forth much fruit. But without me, you can't do nothing. And I learned something. My eyes opened. Wait a second. The Lord decided that he wants to reveal his glory through Jesus. And he's decided he's going to do it in the earth through you. He wants to reveal himself so much through you. Oh, he just wants to reveal himself so much through you. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Think about that. Time and space was created for sowing and reaping. And in your life, you can sow life. Because Pastor Phil was talking about it. Jesus said it in John chapter, I think it was John chapter 4. Or was it, no, maybe it was 5. Where he said, when you get born again, you don't come into condemnation. You pass from death into life. So you can sow life in the earth. You can sow the Zoe life of God in the earth. Or you could walk around and just be part of the fallen earth and sow the curse, right? But that's why history always repeats itself. Because there's sowing and reaping going on. Why Everybody says, why is history always repeating itself? Because there's sowing and reaping. You're either going to sow to life or you're going to sow to the curse. I would rather sow to life, you know, and, and try to explain that to everybody. The Lord will give you the words for that, but hallelujah. But yeah, you're a carrier of his presence. But I learned from the Lord that without a branch, there's not going to be any fruit. He's the true vine. He's the one that's connected to the source. He's connected to the Father. Right, And you're partakers. You're raised with him. You're seated with him. So you're a partaker of that anointing. Right, You get to share in that thing. Oh, my goodness. It is the most wonderful thing. And you're the branch. And he needs you to be a branch. Right, He wants you to be a vessel. He wants you to be obedient to his word. He wants you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He wants to say something, and you hear it, and you do it. And if you stay focused... On him, And that's why it just touched my heart when Pastor Justin came out. And he said, this is one of the most important things the Lord wanted me to share. And I, I just wanted to cry to stay so focused on the Lord. What are those things that are keeping you from abiding in him? You know, now it's between you and the Lord, right? And the Lord will share it with you. He'll tell you what you need to do, what things you need to fast. 
things you need to, you know, let go of in life? What are the sins that you don't realize are holding you back? Man, when I read Psalms 19 and David said, Lord, you got to help me because I know I'm doing presumptuous sins. I know I'm doing things I don't even realize is wrong. You got you to gotta open my heart because I'm ready. You got to show me what to do. You need to show me the things. And, and the Lord obliged me. He began to show me a lot of things. He showed me things I was doing in my life. And uh, I did one night I, I was I started fasting one night. I used to watch four hours of baseball a night. You know, I had the baseball ticket. And uh, and so I come before the Lord and I'm like, Lord, I need to fast. Well, I need to fast. He told me, You need to fast baseball. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, I <laughs> He said the love formula, right? He said, write down the schedule of what you do every day. And then write where, what you do all day. And then he write how much time you spend with me. Oh, my goodness. When I did that, I was like, oh, Lord, forgive me, you know. So I started making time. Now, I still watch a ball game. There's nothing wrong with that. But if, if it starts to take my time and it starts to get on me again, the Holy Spirit will get all over me. Because, folks, we need to pray. We need to pray for each other. We need to pray for people. I mean, when you go out and you evangelize with somebody or you're talking to somebody at work, you need to pray for them. And the Lord will wake you up. And if you'll write their names down and pray for them. And, uh, and I have to ask the Lord for forgiveness because there's a lot of times he wants me to pray for somebody. But I'm either so sleepy or I'm so involved with other things, I don't do it. And so thank you for that on Sunday because that was one of the biggest things I had to do was just ask the Lord for forgiveness because I know better. And if you know it to be the Lord talking to you and you know it's good that you're supposed to do what he's telling you to do and you don't. That's sin, right? It's missing the mark. So I, I had to do a lot of repenting on Sunday. Amen. And, uh, but I just want you to know, you have a sphere of influence and you are a carrier of his presence. Now let's go to Isaiah verse 50. I, I mean, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. Now this one, now you can find scriptures in the Bible, but you got something to say. So you have a sphere of influence. You're a carrier of God's presence. You got the living Jesus on the inside of you. Ooh, glory. Oh, my goodness. You got the glory of the Lord living on the inside of you. And he's decided to reveal himself in the earth through you. The name of Jesus through you. You got something to say. Okay. So those are three things the Lord told me to share with you. That's the vision he gave Pastor Justin. So I'm like, Lord, I got to help Pastor Justin. I got to help him fulfill this vision. What do I do? You know, and he said, these are the three things you'll tell him. These are the three things you're going to teach him. You know, you got something to say. Look what it says in there. The Lord God has given me as his servant, the tongue of the learned. Why? So that I should know how to speak a word in the season to him that's weary. He wakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. And this, you know, this is where I learned, how do you harvest the soul? It starts with intimate prayer with the Lord. And this is what I started to do. I began to ask God, God, how can I share Jesus effectively? Father, how can I share him effectively? Jesus, give me your pointers. Tell me how. I saw how you used science to talk to uh, Nicodemus when he came and started using the wind as an example. Because your body is flesh. It only knows the five physical senses. It doesn't, it can't, I can't see the wind. I have no idea it's even there, right? And there's things in the electromagnetic spectrum you can't even see. You don't even know they're there, right? But they are, right? I can't see infrared, but it's, that doesn't mean it isn't there, right? And so Jesus is using the science lesson to teach Nicodemus. He's giving, the Lord has given him words to speak to him. And Nicodemus is freaking out. He says, can a man get back in his mama's tummy another time? He's like, Nicodemus, don't don't freak out, man. You're missing it. You're missing it. Can you see the wind? No. How do you know the wind is there? Well, I can tell and feel it when it starts blowing and it starts rustling through the trees. It's the same way with the kingdom of heaven. You're not going to be able to touch it and experience it with your physical hands, but it doesn't mean it's not there. The kingdom of heaven works spiritually on the inside first and then it manifests itself on the outside and that's where the glory of the lord starts coming now the miracles start happening but it begins in the spirit right and you're a spirit you just live in this body it's just an earth suit it just allows me to interact with creation and it's one of the first things i like teaching the kids at at the uh, detention center when we get to minister to them but you got something to say the Lord is going to put a testimony on your heart. He's going to give you a word to say. I know there's a lot of you in here that are out there doing it already. And God bless you. And I love hearing the stories about it. 
and we're going to get more stories about it. But you have a sphere of influence. You got the Lord living on the inside of you, and you got something to say. And when I first got born again, um, I went to Isaiah chapter 6. And I'm reading that, and man, the Lord just... How the Lord, when you open up the Bible, the Lord's going to start talking to you. Now, He knows me and He knows you, right? So, He knows what verse is going to get you and He knows what verse is going to get me. Well, I'm reading Isaiah 6, and the, the presence of the Lord just takes Him up, and the dude is in the throne room. He's in the throne room with Jesus, right? And He's just glowing like the sun, right? Probably. And there's these seraphims flying around. They're buzzing around them like bugs at, at night, you know, just going around that light. And every time they go around them, they, they say, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. You know, the earth is full of his glory. It's, it's like a dog when you pet him and his leg starts kicking, you know. I mean, every time they go around, man, whoa, Jesus, whoa, Lord. They just get a zap of that glory, and they want more and more. And they got to cover their eyes and their feet and the other two Wings are just flapping away, you know. And he's seeing all this. And the train of his king's robe, it says it fills the entire temple. Now, I try to picture that. And I say, Lord, either your floor is really clean because your robe is just dragging all over. Or there's probably people trying to step on it or they're getting out of the way. But it filled the whole temple. Either that or you got 200 angels sitting there. And they're all holding about four feet of fabric, you know. And they're all around the room. And I was like, dude, man, that is a king. That is my king. That is your king. That's King Jesus. That's who we're seated with. And in, and he's in us. And Isaiah goes, he goes, oh, man, I've seen the Lord. I'm a dead man, right? And he goes, not only that, I got, I'm a sinful man. My lips are sinful. I live in a whole nation full of sinful people, right? And this angel comes and takes a live coal off the altar. And he touches his lips with it. And immediately, the angel says, your sins are now forgiven. They've been purged. You know, you're clean. You're clear. And you know that represents Jesus. Probably the blood that's poured on the altar, you know. It's a representation of it. And immediately, he hears from God. He hears the voice of the Father. And man, all that praise going on, everything in there is just shaking, right? That, that is some experience. And the Lord begins to say, who's going to go for me? I need somebody to go. I need somebody to carry my word. Now, at that time, Israel's in trouble. And he says, go. They're going to hear you, but they're not going to listen. They're going to see what you're saying, but they're just not going to pay attention. And keep feeding them this and feeding them this, and they're going to get fat like cows, right? They're just going to sit down, but they're not going to do anything. And, and Isaiah said, well, how long do I carry this message? He says, until the cities are all destroyed and everything's gone. Jesus is coming back, right? Now, look at it this way. He wants you and I to go out and tell people about Jesus. And he wants us to do it. And so I could just see. So this was me. And I said, Lord, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. And I could just see, you know, the Lord sitting there. Hmm. He's looking at all the hosts of heaven because, all you know, he's the Lord of the hosts. And he's like, who will go down and talk for me? And Isaiah is like, pick me, pick me, pick me. And the Lord keeps looking around. Who can I send to go down there? And Isaiah is going, pick me, pick me, pick me. And that's what I was doing with Jesus. I said, I said Lord, pick me, pick me, pick me. And, and I'm, you know, that whole summer in 2002, pick me, Jesus, pick me, Jesus. Baptize me with your spirit. Send me, Lord. I'll go. Send me. I don't care what people think of me. Do you think? I care what people think of me. They didn't, people thought I was weird before I got born again. So what's the difference now, right? What is the difference now, right? I, I'd rather be, we were, I was in the prison downtown. Where's Brother Keith? Is he here tonight, Brother Keith? I was down at the Terry County Jail. This was a few years ago. And I was witnessing, and this guy looked at me and said, you're one of those Jesus freaks, aren't you? And I said, I started yelling really loud down that whole road. Yes, yes, I'm a Jesus freak. I'm possessed by Jesus. I'm possessed by the Holy Ghost. And I started jumping up and down. Everybody runs up to the, you know, up to the, to the cell wall there. I mean, up to the, the, the bars. And they start looking at me, and I'm just jumping around saying, I'm a Jesus freak. I'm possessed by Jesus. I got Jesus living in me. I got the Holy Spirit in me. About, about Probably about six guys got saved that night. Boy, I had their attention that night. That's the fun thing about ministering in a prison. They can't go anywhere. They can't go anywhere. And some of those guys are trying to sleep, you know. And, and I'm yelling at the top of my lungs just like this. And everybody hears me. 
I know the word of God is getting in there. I know it's getting into their hearts. They'll, they'll give you that look. And one guy's like, you, you shut up, you know, and it's like, just get excited. But, but it's the excitement of the Lord that does this, right? You just get so excited. But I say, Lord, give me ideas. Teach me, Holy Spirit, how to be bold, how to be led by you. Teach me. You know, I want to do this. Jesus goes, he's on his way to, he's got to go through Samaria, and he's sitting down at a well. And some lady comes up and looks at him and says, hey, can you give me a drink? She looks at him like, who do you think you are? You, you got, you're a Jew. You can't, you don't like us, you know. He's got those, you know, the, the, the Jewish look on him. And uh, he says, I mean, yeah. And she's like, you're a Jew. You can't, what are you talking to me for, right? And um, he says, if, you know, and he just begins to minister and talks about living water. Well, sir, give me this water. And then the voice of the Lord comes and gives Jesus a word to say to her. He just starts up. He just strikes up a conversation, right? He's at a well. Back in those days, you had to ask permission, didn't you, to drink from a well? They're like, give me a drink. And think of Jacob, right? Think of Jacob. When uh, Wells are so neat, aren't they? Because um, Abraham sent his servant, right? And his servant goes and he meets Jacob, I mean, not Jacob, but uh, Isaac's wife at the well, right? Jesus is sitting at that well. And I always think of that, you know, I always think of Eleazar. I always think of that when Jesus is doing that in John chapter 4. But the Lord gives him the words to say. Dude, man, you've had like five husbands and the dude you're living without ain't your husband. And she's like, whoa, you must be a prophet. And that did it. That opened the door. He began to minister. She left her water jug and ran it and started telling everybody, right? And the next thing you know, he's got a two-day, three-day revival going on, and he's on his way to Samaria. So when I saw that, I said, Holy Spirit, give me the words to speak. I know you can give me the words to say. And so now when I go out, especially when I'm riding out with the police, can I share this testimony? I came in. My wife and I got here in November of 2011, right at the tail end. And so I come into Pastor Just say, here I am. I'm out of the Air Force. I'm retired. I'm born again. I said, the Lord's called me into the ministry. Here I am. He sent me here to Heritage of Faith. Me and Charlene, we were told to come down there. Here we are. He says, hmm. So he says, I'll get back with you. So he, so he brings me and another guy in there. I won't say his name, but he says, all right, I want you to go out for Kappa. Kappa, what is Kappa? Clergy and Police Alliance. So I went home. I prayed about it. The Lord said, do it. I said, okay, I'll go do it. And I've been doing it for since 2012. So it's been 11 years now that I've been doing Kappa. And every time I go out, there's an, someone has an encounter with the Lord. There's a miracle that the Lord does. And the Holy Spirit gives me the words to say. He shows me how to do it. He shows me how to do it quietly and, you know, without letting, you got to let the police do their job. You know, you, you represent not only Heritage Faith and Dr. Savell and the whole, but you also represent the city now because you're working with the police department. So you got to let them do their job. And when opportunity arises, I'll go over and I'll talk to them. And that's when the Lord begins to move. But one of the first ride out I had with Mike, now Mike doesn't mind me sharing this, Mike Vargas, a wonderful police officer of the Lord and born again Christian. And so we're riding out one day and there's a kid that steals a bike, 16 year old kid, no, 14 year old kid, steals a bike. Owner comes out, catches him trying to take it out of his garage. Kid takes off running. He takes off running after him, catches him at a, at a dead end cul-de-sac, right? So they bring this kid, and he's holding him, and he calls the cops. So we show up, and there's this 14-year-old kid standing there. And so while Officer Vargas is getting the report and all that, I, I come up, and I start talking to the kid, you know, and just saying hi and introduce myself to him. Well, we had to take him to Kimbo, the jail over at Kimbo down there at Detention Center, um, the Lynn Ross Juvenile Detention Center. And, man, when we went in there and brought that kid in there, the Spirit of the Lord came all over me and said, I want you to come in here and I want you to start telling these kids about Jesus. And I was like, what? And so I got a hold of the chaplain who's over there, works with New Day Services. They were the ones that got the, request, the grant from the, city, the county to go in there. He said, boy, we can sure use people. And I went in there and that's where it started. And it's been like, a, it's been like 10, 11 years that we've been doing the Zooms. Not Zooms. We had to do Zoom because of COVID, but we would go in there. Now we're getting permission to go back in. I can go back in now, but I'm waiting for my team so that we can get the team to go back in with me. But, man, that kid, I asked 
the police, if I could, if they could contact that lady, because I wanted the Lord put it on my heart, let's get the kid a bike, you know. And so they contacted her and gave her my information. She called back. We got to go a couple days later to the house, my wife and I, and we got to witness to that kid. The guy dropped the charges on that kid. So the kid got let go, and so we got to witness Jesus to the mother. She's a single mom doing two jobs, you know, and, you know, trying to make ends meet, right? And, uh, and he accepted Jesus. The daughter accepted Jesus. The friend was there. He accepted Jesus. You know, they all accepted the Lord, and we sowed that bike into him. And, and it's just been miracle after miracle. There was another time, uh, this time, it was this last, well, a couple summers ago, where a 16-year-old kid had a weapon. He showed it to his girlfriend. He had an argument. And now the school's on a lockdown because they saw him at the school, Wedgwood or Woodside or whatever it is, over there in Alt Mesa. And, um, oh, the kid. One of the, one of the, a good football player, uh, having problems in life, and, you know, just, just bad atmosphere. You know, you'll notice it's atmosphere that causes people. And they just don't know, you know. And so I'm praying for this kid. They've got the helicopter flying around. They've got the SR team out, team out there with machine guns. They're looking for this kid. And I'm praying. They, I mean, you had the sheriffs. You had the state patrol. You had hundreds of cops looking for this kid. And they last saw him at the school. And so the school's on lockdown. And I get to walk around because I'm a minister. And I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, just praying in the Spirit. Lord, don't let this kid do anything stupid. Devil, take your hands off this kid in Jesus' name. And I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying. And finally, they caught the kid. He was able to drop the gun. They were able to catch him. And I saw the kid in the car, and I looked at his face. And I said, Lord, I want to preach Jesus to him. I want, Lord, I want, me to t- I want you to let me get an opportunity to tell him about Jesus. Two weeks later, there he is. In, in the detention center. And I looked at that kid, and I'm preaching Jesus to him. And I said, young man, I know who you are. And he looked at me, kind of like his eyes up like this. He says, and I, I didn't want to embarrass him. Anything, but I go, All the kids got arrested. That's how they got in there. And I said, I was there when you got arrested. You don't know it, but I was there. And I'm here to tell you about Jesus. God's got a plan for your life. The Lord sees you differently than the world sees you. You see that uniform you got on there making you wear it? That's not how the Lord sees you. God sees you as a winner. He's got a plan for you, you know. And start telling about Jesus, and he accepts Jesus. I mean, these, these are the things we do. These are the things we're doing as a church. These are the things the Lord wants you to do. And um, you're a carrier of his presence. You have something to say. You have a sphere of influence. And there's two kinds of evangelisms that I like to tell people. There's the God encounters. That's what chariots do. There's a grace for it. I want you guys to go show up at this motorcycle rally. Or I want you guys to go up and show up at this place. And there is a grace for it. I mean, the presence of the Lord is there. And you'll meet people you'll never see again. And you'll tell them about Jesus. And that's usually where you give the universal question. Because no one usually thinks about the universal question. Hey, and the way I like to say it is, if the Lord were to come today, if this were Judgment Day, or for whatever reason, you're up in heaven, do you know if you'll go to heaven or not? I said, I was asked the same question. And man, you can see their flesh or you can see their thoughts. And you can see them start thinking. And then you say, man... Salvation is a gift, the gift of God. The wages of sin bring death, but the gift of God brings eternal life, right? You start going down the Roman road as everyone teaches them, and God's got a plan for you, and he wants to do things for you. And the Holy Spirit begins to move on them like he did Cornelius, and you begin to plant the seeds, okay? Now, sometimes it looks up Jesus. I'm not going to force the guy to do it. Because I've, I've forced guys to receive Jesus. One time I walked away and the guy called me back and he said, sir, I just said that to get you out of my face. You know, he said, but this time, because I just kept ministering to him. And he said, but this time I, I want to, I really mean it. I want to do it. So, um, and then there's another kind of evangelism. Think of Daniel, think of Esther. Okay. And I call it the relational evangelism. These are the ones where you got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and you got to be led by the Holy Spirit. You just don't walk in there and just start preaching Jesus when you're at city council. They're going to throw you out of the room, you know. They're not going to do that. But the Lord will open doors for you so that you can begin to meet the council members like I started doing. That you can meet the chiefs of police like I started doing. And then they asked me to be on the chief of police board. And we got to work with the chiefs. I got to work with Halstead, Krause, Noakes, Fitzgerald, all these chiefs of police. And the Lord let me work with them. I got to pray with them, you know. 
the Lord began to open doors with it. And you listen to the Holy Spirit and you're sensitive, just like what Daniel was, just like what Esther was. And then when the opportunity arises, then you get the opportunity to use a word from the Lord for them or to use a scripture for them. And the Lord begins to open doors. And that, that's one of the other things I want to tell you is that there's God encounters and then there's going to be types of what are relational evangelism where you're going to have to let the door be patient, let the door open. Because you saw Daniel, we worked for like five different administrations and they hated Jews. You talk about racism. How would you like to work for a racist king that can't even stand you or your God, right? And it'd be just like that for him to kill you. And yet you're going to listen to the Lord and you're going to wind up solving problems that their administration has. You know, imagine being Esther, right? And they're getting ready to kill her whole race, genocide, you know, and racism. And the Lord uses her. You just be quiet right now. Just be quiet. And she, she doesn't change being who she is, but she's just sensitive about how to release it. And then all of a sudden, what happens, right? It gets released. What? You're... You're one of these people? You're a Jew? And, of course, Haman, what happened to Haman, man? That trap that he had prepared, that was the end of him, wasn't it? And, and so, but, and I love what Mordecai said. He said this. He said, if you don't do it, the Lord will find somebody else. But now you're going to have to explain to the Lord why you didn't do it in that crunch moment. And I want to share this testimony with you. When I got born again, I began to... Start to tell people about Jesus. But there was a contractor that worked at the radar with us. And we were, in about two weeks' time, the Lord kept asking me to tell him about Jesus. Tell him about me. Tell him about me. Tell him about me. And I didn't do it, right? I, I was making up excuses, right? And, you know, I was working on my boldness. And there's two reasons why people don't evangelize. One, they're not confident enough to do it because they're afraid. Or two, they just don't know how to. But when you just be yourself and you just start opening up conversation, the Lord will, if you just be patient, just be patient. The Lord will open up the word to say. If you just be patient like Jesus was with the woman at the well, just be patient. All of a sudden, there it is. The Lord will give you the word to say. Well, this guy, he kept, I, I kept seeing him in the hallway, tell him about me, tell him about me. Oh, man, Lord, you know, I work for the government. I'm in a government establishment, and you want me to do this here? Now, this is why it's important to be led by the Lord, right? You have, Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because if you're, you're doing things that's not by the Holy Spirit, now it's you doing it, and it, it can complicate things. <laughs> Tell them about me. And it was a Friday. We're in the elevator, and there's another lady in there with me. And so we're going up the elevator. Tell them about me, and I didn't. And it's a Friday. That's, that Sunday, he was watching a football game. He had a heart attack, and he died. Okay? And I hear about it when I come in on Monday. And, man, oh, you talk about getting balled out, Pastor Phil. Oh, my goodness. I, and the Lord didn't even say anything. I just felt his presence. And then I heard this from the Holy Spirit. You were my last hope, Joseph, to reach this guy. And I got to tell you something. I just, it, you, you talk about going home. Oh, my goodness. And people call me zealous. Now, I, I don't care. Because if the Lord tells me to share something with somebody, I'm going to share it. Now, I'll ask them how to do it. And I'll look for the opportune time. But I missed that window. And so, you know, I dedicate all my evangelism now to that one incident. Because I, I don't ever want to do that again. I don't want to ever stand before my commander-in-chief. And I knew it was a voice of the Lord, but I, I backed down from it. So now, when I'm in a position or a place and the Lord tells me to say something, I'll, I'll say it, but I'll, but I'll use wisdom when I say it. But I, for the sake of time, I don't want to go too much longer, but I want to encourage you so much to know that the Lord needs you so much because without you, he can't reach people. And there's... You know, all the thousands of people that great evangelists reach, there's, there's even more that are on the street that will never hear from an evangelist like that. They're going to hear it from you, you know. So I just want to encourage you. And then um, one of the things I wrote down in the back is, remember, you're not going to be the one that saves them. It's going to be Jesus that saves them. It's going to be the Holy Spirit that's going to do the work. All you got to do is just listen, open your mouth, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and just watch him work.
and, and you'll see healings. You'll see in fillings of the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Lord will give you words of knowledge. You know, how many times I've been out in the evangelizing, and the Lord gave me a word of knowledge to say to somebody, and they look at you, how'd you know that? I did it. What? It's the Lord that lives on the inside of me. He's the one that told me. That's why I'm here talking to you, you know. But I used to have so much pressure on me because I was so afraid that if I didn't get somebody born again, I was a loser, you know. I, I, I was a failure to Jesus. But that's not the ripening process. You plant the seed, it begins to grow in a person, and if you'll pray for them, that word will grow on him. The Lord will see to it. He even said it. If you ask for laborers, I'll send them, right? And the Holy Spirit's the one that's going to move. He's going to be the one that saves them. You're just the vessel, just used by him. And then I always evaluate myself. That's the other thing I do when I come back from an encounter or I come back from something that I've done for the Lord. I'll evaluate myself. I'll get in the presence of the Lord. Lord, okay, Lord, here's my report card. Go ahead and fill it in. You know, where did I miss it? How did I do? And the Lord will tell me, you did good here, you did good there, but, you know, you went down a rabbit trail here. I was trying to get you to go over here, but you didn't go over here, you know. And, and so I said, all right, Lord, forgive me. And, and, and then I get the old Indian rub from the Lord on the head, right? You know, that we used to call it when we were little kids. You know, and because uh, I did that one time with the Lord. Oh, I asked the Lord for forgiveness. I stepped out on the limb, did something uh, using the name of Jesus. And now they're coming to, we had a radio, we, we had a gener, we had our power go off at the, at the electrical optical site. We looked at deep space objects and stuff for the Air Force when I was at Diego Garcia. And the, the power just dies, you know, 30-year-old wiring and stuff like that. And it just blows. And so I'm talking to my commander, you know, the group commander, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it, it's like, we, you know, our backup generator is running. We're, we, you know, we got good power going through there, even though the lights were flickering off and on, you know, and, and stuff like that. And so, well, we're going to send an inspection team just to see, you know, and I was like, uh-oh. So I came before the Lord, and I had a dream one night. I was at church worshiping with my Lord, and my dad takes me, and he goes like this. He puts me in a headlock, gives me an Indian rub. And I knew it was the Lord telling me, all right, I forgive you, but next time, you know, listen to me, you know. Like my dad used to do, he'd do stuff like that. And, uh, but they, for some reason, the generator started working, the power was clean, and that thing ran for like five or six months until they could get it fixed. And they said, well, you're right, it's been working. So, well, anyways, I just like how the Lord will talk to you and do things, but evaluate yourself. Ask the Lord how you can do it better. Say, Lord, man, how can I do this better? Or where did I miss? Or if I miss something, Holy Spirit, show me how to be sensitive to it. And then I'm just going to read John 15, 26. When the Comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, he's the Spirit of truth. Okay? He proceeds from the Father. He's going to be the one that testifies about me. Man, when I read that, I was like, Lord, thank you. I don't have to be the one now that's going to save him. I'm just the one that's going to present you to somebody, and I'm going to release my faith with them. And I, I just want to say thank you, Pastor Justin, because um, for one, believing in me. For two, you know, like Brother Vic, you know, allowing me to go to Tanzania. And, and for all of you praying for believing in me and allowing me to do these things. Because I was the guy saying, pick me, Lord. And the Lord went ahead and said, go ahead, do it. And baptized me with the Holy Spirit. I heard the sound of heaven. Folks, I took Isaiah 6, and I was just, Lord, fill me with your spirit. I want to do this. And I'm telling you, I heard rushing wind. I heard voices from heaven. And it went from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And it came out, and the glory of the Lord took my mouth, and I confessed. I will confess the name of Jesus in the heavens. I will confess the name of Jesus in the earth. I will confess that Jesus is the Christ. And I'm telling you, I woke up from that, and I was shaken. I was soaking wet. And ever since then, I've been baptized in full Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, there is nothing more wonderful than to see the Holy Spirit work right in front of you. And I heard the Holy Spirit so clear. He says, I'm going to let you see me work right in front of you. And, and he said, that's going to be your reward. And it got me so excited. And I don't want to be here all night giving the testimonies, but I, I just got to encourage you. Man, Jesus is real. Every time I ride out, I mean, especially with the police, man, you're dealing with people in crisis situations. Don't worry about 
I'm right here. You want to pray about something? What? Man, you want to pray about something? It's like, yeah, the Bible says, come to him with supplication, with prayer, petitions, come before the Lord. He's at hand, you know. Just don't be afraid. We'll come before the Lord. Now, he'll get it in due time. You're in front of a king, so just bring it to King Jesus. I got to share that testimony with that girl at La Grand Praza. It was last year. Dr. Fell was talking about the year of the maximum in favor. And I'm all pumped up from that word, and we ride out. And this girl got held at, at knife point, and they took her purse. Another girl held this girl at knife point when her little five-year-old was with her and, and stole her purse and took off running. So we, we get up to the plaza, and we're talking to the young lady. And the Lord told me, tell that girl I'm going to give her favor today. Ooh, we were in the presence of the Lord with Dr. Savelle about favor, right? I said, the young lady, she, she's about 26 years old. She worked at a medical she was one of those medical aides working at a hospital. I said, the Lord just told me to tell you, he's going to give you favor today. You're going to get your stuff back. He's going to give you favor. She thought I was the most craziest thing in the world, you know. And so it took about an hour. But this one uh, police officer, she had seen this girl before and knew where she was at. They gave the description. She says, I know who this girl is. And went over where the last lo- known location it was. They described her purse and everything that got stolen the other ladies, and sure enough, there she was. And sure enough, there was that purse. And they, they had her handcuffed. And, and so what they did was is they brought it back. And she gave a description of everything that was in there an hour later. So they laid everything on the ground. And her little five-year-old had a Chuck E. Cheese card. And he goes, there it is. There's my Chuck E. Cheese card. And the police are like, there we go. We got two witnesses, you know. But I looked at that girl. And I told her, I said, I, see, I told you, I said, the Lord told me to tell you that he was going to give you favor today. And so her mother showed up and we got our hands in a big circle and we began to praise the name of Jesus and praise the name of the Lord right there at La Grande Plaza. People are going in and out and there's cops standing all around, you know, and we're just praising the name of Jesus and lay hands on her and say, man, you, now see again, the seed got planted. This is all brand new to her. She's, she don't know about Jesus. But she got an experience, and by faith, it happened. And I just listened to the Lord and said what he said to say to her. And the Lord did all the work. But she prayed with us. Now, I believe she got born again. And as she was walking away, I said, ma'am, I said, the Lord's going to open up doors for you at your workplace. He's going to give you promotions and all of this stuff. So, so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for everyone here. Lord, we just thank you. We are carriers of your presence, Jesus. We do have a sphere of influence, and we do have something to say. And if we'll be patient, and if we'll be obedient, Lord, you'll show us how to do God encounters. You'll show us how to do it behind the scenes like Esther and like Daniel did. You'll show us how to be a vine. I mean, not a vine, but a branch, and let you be the vine. And, Lord, together we'll get to see fruit made for you in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I know you're going to put on these people's hearts. I know you're going to put it on their hearts. You're going to show them something to do. You're going to bring an idea to them. And when that idea comes, Father, oh, Lord, and we're going to pray it out. We're going to birth this thing out, Lord, like a newborn baby. We're going to birth it out, and we're going to find the timing of it, Lord. And it's going to open up doors and windows, and people are going to say about heritage of faith, we see good works in this place. We see good works in you. So we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thanks.